I'll just scratch that whole bit out. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, the funny later, thing was, is he was chopped up. He wasn't shot. Yeah, that's the funny bit. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. This. So welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me, Ian Harries. And me, Graham Jones. And this is the podcast where we argue about our top three list of a topic that nobody asked us to talk about. And this week we are figuring out our top three toys that should be turned into movies. Thanks to like the insanely record-breaking Barbie, mm. which I always knew it would kind of be good once you kind of read who is involved, but I wasn't expecting it to be just like this fucking behemoth that it is. It's a phenomenon, isn't it? I think is probably the best way of describing it. It is. So it's the biggest opening of 2023. Yeah. It is the biggest opening by a female director ever. Yeah. It's the... Th- this one is a bit of like an asterisk. It's the highest opening for a non-sequel. Okay. That, that implies it's original. You get why? Like, it's a little bit of a... It's not a sequel, but you can't pretend it's not like a pre-existing... IP. Yeah, I suppose so. But also, I think I think it's still valid because like sequels, you sequels go off the hype of the first movie, right? Like because it's not just pre. Because there could be, you know, let's take Lord of the Rings for example, right? It was a pre-existing IP, but the sequel was, I assume, had a better opening because based yeah. on how much people loved the first movie. Same with Harry Potter's, etc. True. It is um, the highest grossing opening weekend for a Margot Robbie or a Ryan Gosling movie. Okay. Guesses on what those were before? So Margot Robbie's and Ryan Gosling's. Margot Robbie's would have either have been Wolf of Wall Street or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, oh. you're not. You're not thinking franchisey enough. I'll also give you a clue. It's shit. I don't know what franchisey thing she's been in. But the sequel was good, and we saw it together as our first cinema trip after lockdown. I'm just going to keep going until, and it was directed by oh. James Gunn. You, you, you. Oh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Ryan Gosling's. Ryan Gosling's. Uh, clue it's a it's a legacy sequel it's pretty much just saying what it is i i'm blanking we have talked about it on the podcast before via dave batista oh um yeah uh fuck blade runner 2049 that correct fuck blade runner 2049 uh it is also the biggest opening for a toy-based movie (laughs) record previously held by toy story 4 uh, biggest opening for a movie without IMAX. Part of the fourth biggest box office weekend ever. Okay. Because both that and Oppenheimer fucking, like, between them made, like, $300 million. Yeah. Biggest Friday, biggest first Monday for Warner Brothers, um, and a load of other stuff. I also now think it is the first female-directed film to make a billion dollars. Yes, I saw that. Which is fucking insane but what we're saying is let's ride off of these coattails and the social media uh, stuff and talk about toys yeah i also um the other thing that's uh fantastic about this is the um you've seen like the uh far right meltdown in america over barbie 
like uh, yeah. is it Ben? Is it Ben Shapiro uh, who uh, burned some Barbies on his uh, like? Because it's anti-man. It's something like that. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 quite funny. As, especially the thing I love about it, like these insane reactions to it, and these are the same people who like to throw around the term snowflake. And people are easily offended, <laughs> and then I still mean there there is n- there are no bigger snowflakes than people who unironically use the term snowflakes. Uh, absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, it's just been fun to kind of take see glimpses of uh, glimpses of this. There there was also a Reddit post about a woman that decided to uh, break up her boyfriend after seeing it as well, which I think is quite funny. Nice. <laughs> So we're we're aiming. I haven't seen it yet, but we're aiming to go um, hopefully on Thursday at the Everyman Cinema, Cinema Baby Club because that's what we nice. do now. <laughs> yes, we don't have a child, so we would have to steal a baby to watch it at a baby club. You could borrow us, or be really convincing. It does say Baby Club is a weekly screening for parents and babies. No baby, no entry. Yeah, all right. So I'll have to nick a baby. Cool. I'll take one of the twins. <laughs> Yeah, so I hope by the time this episode comes out, we both will have watched the film that we're talking about on this episode. Perfect. So we'll just, I, I don't know, I, I'm going to assume it's great. So I will just kind of pretend and just be like, yeah, yeah, Barbie was great fucking film. Loved it. Mm. <laughs> Classic Ken. Classic Ken. Uh, Margot Robbie and Kate McKinnon. She's always funny. Mattel. Yeah, and that unexpected cameo, because there's got to be one of those in it. Probably, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I also did some research. I don't know if you did. Other toys that have been made into films. Okay. Give give us an idea of kind of what's going there. So I have thrown in some board games. And there's also one of these which uh, you would like, because then there is a next step to it as well. So Battleships was a film. It was. Was it Battleships or just Battleship? Um, I'm not sure. All I know was I think Rihanna was in it. And Liam Neeson? It, it, I, I'll take your word for it. It seems like a uh, fairly um, obvious duo for a movie about a board game about oh, yeah. battleships. Clue was turned into a film, which was actually very funny, to be fair. There's been a load of Dungeons & Dragons films. Garbage Pale Kids had a movie. Yeah. G.I. Joe had a couple, none of which I think are particularly critically acclaimed. Uh, the Lego Movie. Yeah. Did the Monopoly movie ever happen? That was being talked about for ages, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure what happened to it or what kind of film, it, whether it was going to be like a Lego movie movie or if it was going to be like a Tetris movie and like the origins of Monopoly, the secret, dark, disturbing origin of Monopoly. <laughs> Do you ever, you listen to, um, well, you obviously listen to Bean Salads. Is it Mike Wozniak who has like a Soviet era version of like Monopoly? think so but also it could be any of them because they all sound exactly the same <laughs> this is very true yeah i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure uh the lego movie which also inspired a series of toys so yeah. there is lego movie lego so yes. that is a toy turned into a film turned into a toy um mars attacks was based on a trading card game yeah i didn't know that which yeah which i didn't realize there's been a masters of the universe movie transformers there's been many Fuck tons of those. Uh, Trolls, which is the first one I've seen, and it isn't that bad. And this is a rare horror movie. 
So there is a Ouija movie, okay. which is shit, but the prequel to it is legitimately really good. Are we saying a Ouija board's a game or a toy? It's, it's a, technically, it's a board game. It is done by Hasbro now. Okay. And there is a bright pink version of it, which was marketed at 10 to 13 year old girls. To the point I messaged a friend of mine who worked at Hasbro to see if they had a copy. And apparently uh, there was one in the office that I tried to get her to steal, but she wasn't able to. Ah. But it's like fucking weird. But yeah, I'd count it as it counts as a board game, I would say. I don't, it I, depends whether it can't it count depends. as a board game because there's no there's no winners. There's no winners in Monopoly. It's I mean, just pain. Technically, there is a winner in Monopoly. Someone made the very good point as if if everyone went around the board in Monopoly and didn't buy any of the uh, properties, then everyone would win and no one would lose. Uh, not true, actually, because by uh, oh, I'm going to be. A- pedantic piece of shit here. Uh, actually, if you consult the rules to Monopoly, if you decline to buy a property once you land yeah, it on goes it, to auction. it goes to auction. Yeah, But if so, everyone refused, if you go to an auctioneer, no one can make you buy something. You can't, oh, all right. But that, that, if I'm, I'm going to be a pedantic bastard. Then, then there truly is no winner. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it. Because it's... We're Google, I'm, I'm Googling this. Time... To Google. It's a utopian version of not everyone goes around, they collect their two hundred dollars every go. Uh, just double checking I'm not just reading about uh, housing options. <laughs> Nothing the problem is I don't think the rules of Monopoly have factored in human selflessness. No. Absolutely not. So there is no answer to this, so maybe I'll just have the Google jingle running for the rest of the episode. <laughs> just in the uh, background. Which will, which will be a fun hour and a half for me to record. Um, yeah. So none of those outside of, I would say, the Lego movie. And I did like the latest Dungeons & Dragons film. Mm. And Mars Attacks, actually. Mars Attacks was great. It's got Tom Jones in. All good. Um, none of these none of these films so far, historically, have been any good. They're not standouts, <laughs> No, Barbie seems to have, at least on things based on pre-existing toys, Barbie seems to have really kind of broken the mould on it. I also I also did some digging into um, the weirdest toys that have been based on films. Okay. So to come at this from the other angle. Yeah. And some of these are fucking weird. So there was a Jay and Silent Bob. Speaking of which, actually, there was a Jay and Silent Bob Monopoly. Okay. I don't know where the tie-in for that comes from. I'm I'm assuming it's going to be New Jersey locations. Yeah. I mean, there's monopolies for everything. I mean, we've got a True. Lake District monopoly. True. Um, we can go on a slight tangent for this one, actually, just on the subject of weird board games. There is a Dirty Dancing board game, mm-hmm. and that reminded me of the Jason Donovan and- board game. Of the Jason Donovan board game. <laughs> and I I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I say we talk about it anyway. I don't think we have. Okay. Graham, do you want to regale our audience member with the story <laughs> our, of the Jason Donovan board game? Audience member, yes. Dear audience member, I'm talking directly to you. Um, yeah, so we went to... Uh, we were going to see Be Your Own Pet in Hackney at a... What could only be described as um, it used to be like a British Legion or like working men's club. It, it was bizarre. It's called the Moth Club. Anyway, prior to this, we thought we'd have 
a beverage or two because we're too old to go and see support acts anymore in this pub and um we were sitting at the bar and on the bar directly opposite us was a chalkboard and it just listed tons and tons of board games right and they were it was in one of those lists where like if if, if a board game's name finished like halfway across one line then it would kind of go into the next board game so it was you know you had to kind of read through anyway had all of the classics on there your monopolies your battleships your um i don't know jenga and then halfway down it just said jason donovan which piqued my interest so um i uh i called the barman over and i asked him i said i was looking at your list of games here halfway down it says jason donovan do you have him in your basement uh, to which he replied, no, 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 we have the uh, Jason Jason Donovan straight from the heart board game. So we said, he was like, do you want to see it? To which we promptly replied, yes, yes, we do. Upon seeing it, I don't know if we were much more the wiser as to the exact kind of how you played the game or what the purpose was, but we went through some of the questions. There's lots of question cards, right? I can only remember a few from memory, but so I have I I have a list of the ones we read through. Okay, because because I immediately sent it to people afterwards. <laughs> so the two I can remember were uh, actually the I'm not even going to there there were a bunch around like someone talking like who's who's your crush and things like this that were which is like impossible to quantify to then say yes you're right or no you're wrong right it's basically um, it, it's very chardy mcdennis it, yeah it really is <laughs> but then the best one that he read out was does jason believe in nuclear disarmament <laughs> so he, yeah he picked four cards at random and the questions were how many wives did henry the eighth have describe where you'd go on your first date with jason donovan is Jason Donovan for or against nuclear disarmament? <laughs> and when do you turn 21? <laughs> <laughs> but then the second side of that story is Graham and I very nearly bid on the same eBay <laughs> ad yeah. for the Jason Donovan board game. E- extremely close to the point that I had to tell you, don't bid on that, I'm already winning it. <laughs> Yeah, which is which is nice. We could have just started a bidding war. A very confused person selling the board game. Yeah. Absolutely quids in on, uh, on Jason Donovan. Do you want some more weird toys? Excuse me. That's quite that's quite the proposition. Um, yeah, hit me. There, there is a Rocky action figure, mm-hmm. specifically of the meat. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, which is actually real. I thought it was a. F- I thought it was fake, but it is real. Isn't there also like an invisible Star Wars one as well? I think so. The fake one that always goes around is Uncle Lars and Aunt Beru, the Star Wars one, which is just ash. Yeah. There was a whole like aliens, as in the movie Aliens toy line. Yeah. That was aimed at kids. So yeah, there was like a rhino alien and stuff like it was fucking weird. Okay. There was a commando action figure. Right. <laughs> A Demolition Man action figure, a Waterworld uh, toy, Starship Troopers had a kid's toy line. As you do. Barbie had a Barbie modelled on Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. (laughs) And possibly the weirdest, and I don't think they intended this to be weird, was they released 
a Nimbus broomstick tie-in with Harry Potter. Yes. Which and, vibrated. And yeah. yeah. I'll give you a moment to feel about why that might be inappropriate <laughs> for kids to play with. But, yeah. There's just some weird shit out there. Some films lend themselves to a toy line. I can't fathom how a toy executive thought, you know what? Starship Troopers is great, but let's aim this at kids. What's your, what's, as a kid, what was your best movie tie-in toy that you, uh, that you owned? Does it have to be a movie or can it be TV? Uh, we'll, we'll give, we'll give you TV. Because the, the only correct answer to this is Thunderbirds Tracy Island. Uh, yeah, it's, it's strong. I'll tell you what I always wanted was the fucking Megazord toys. Yeah, I, I always wanted those. Never got them. Um, never got them. I also know for a fact if I had given them, I would have played them w- with them for two days and then never touched them again. I had the uh, Jurassic Park 4x4, which was pretty cool. Nice. Was it like a remote control or was it just a car? No, just just a car. Just just a toy. It was fully analog. Oh, that's a shout. I'm not sure. All I can think of is Thunderbirds. I had a lot of Thunderbirds toys. I Actually, I, I still... I think in my parents' attic have a lot of Star Wars toys. I found a Thunderbird 2 the other day, I think, uh, when I was going through my stuff. So that's somewhere. Um, Talking of Jurassic Park toys, and um, you can bleep out the name of the person. Mutual acquaintance. Tell me if you can guess who this is. They had the massive T-Rex from Jurassic Park. The one that had, I don't know if you remember, it had like a bit of flesh in the side of it that popped out and it looked like the velociraptors had attacked it and upon speaking to their parents i was i can't remember what came up and i was like oh i always wanted that as a kid but never got it and they were like oh yeah so and so um you know really really wanted it um and he had an absolute men- like breakdown in the shop tantrum and so we had to buy it for him and that's why he's got it and yeah who do you think that was i have a strong feeling <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I, I I don't I don't want to beep his name out, so maybe I'll just like skip forward to us finishing this conversation. Is it? Yeah, of course. It's of course. It's <laughs> I don't I don't want to beep it out in case people think it's the person whose name we usually oh, beep. Out. Maybe beep it slightly differently. Slightly differently. Yeah, okay, yeah. So we'll have a different beeped name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I can make a slightly different tone. Exactly. And then eventually this podcast will just become Morse code. Well, you know, the sensors will get to us eventually. Yeah. You know what I found out was Morse code? The um, Mission Impossible theme tune. Yeah. So the, um, uh, which now off the top of my head, I can't remember. But the, the main bit of it is um, Morse code for MI. Yeah. I think it's da, 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 da. That's Mission Impossible, right? Yeah, yeah. But I had in my head, all I could play around my head was the James Bond thing. Oh, that's right. Or just just remember Limp Bizkit. Uh, yeah, true. Take a look around. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. Good stuff. Starts in a diner. The video. Yes. Music video. Which, not, not, not to get too local, but Starvin' Marvin's is gone. 11 ages ago. Yeah, it's always, always a shame. It gave me food poisoning. Oh, I think it gave a lot of people food poisoning. <laughs> I... I, I I missed the idea of it. It was good, especially because it was it was around in an era before you could get like any kind of American diner food, even in like central London. You had like that, and you had Ed's Diner that popped up in uh, London, which was yes. great to be fair. And I think they've got a, they're a, 
bit of a chain now, aren't they? I think they had one in Reading. Oh, there's a ton of them around. Ed is doing well for himself. Good old Ed. I was trying to find, because there was a music video filmed in Starving Marvins. I'm sure there was. But then it just made me think of South Park. Yeah, same. Which is always fun. Good for them. If you had to name your band after a, a, a soggy um, confectionery item, what would you call it? Oh, I'm, I'm with you now. <laughs> we, we've got, we've got, we've got, we've gone back a little bit. We've gone back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. a soggy confectionery app. Yeah, um, like a damp Twix or something. Yeah, we are moist donut. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, song is called Glaze Starving me. Marvin says go <laughs> <laughs> Creamy Centre uh. Anyway what's your movie recommendation Graham? <laughs> I, uh, I assume you guys are here for a movie recommendation No thank you Nah I'm fine Nah I'm fine nah, I'm alright actually thanks Nah, nah I'm, I'm fine I'm It's alright I'm fine That's alright Fuck off <laughs> movie recommendation so we're talking about um toys being made into movies this is probably more in the uh realm of uh what you spoke about latterly of movies that spawned toys but it is a movie that came out in 1998 um, i think there's a video game of it as well and it is uh the fantastic small soldiers yes which um there what there was a game yeah and the intro to that game i always get confused with the intro to the movie because it is the toys running up and beating the shit out of the dreamworks kid oh really <laughs> yeah nice um yeah it was just a lot of fun i haven't seen it in years it had a, a pretty cool um cast you've got kirsten dunst phil hartman tommy lee jones and pretty pretty unique right like it's not been it, it, there wasn't much like it. I mean, it was obviously you had Toy Story, which I guess it was maybe the antithesis of. Yeah, how have we not talked about Small Soldiers properly before? I'm not sure. Is Toy Story the same year? Also... No, 95, so... And then this came out in 98, okay. The, the one thing I remember from Small Soldiers is all of the character names are fucking incredible. Yeah. Because I'm fairly sure there's like Blitz Nitro or something like that. Like, they're all just really... Chip Hazard? I think it's the main dude. Commando Elite, yeah. Major Chip Hazard, Brick Bazooka, Butch Meathook, Kip Killigan, ah! Nick Nitro, and Link Static. And then the Garganoids, there was Archer, Slam Fist, Punch It, and Ocula. And uh, Insaniac. Insaniac. But, like, Butch, Butch Meathook is 100% a sex act. <laughs> that could be a disgusting sex act. <laughs> So is Brick Bazooka. This is this is very true. Um, also, I'm just looking up the uh, the um, soundtrack is insane. Uh, War by Bone Thugs and Harmony, Henry Rollins, Tom Morello, and Flea. Okay. Uh, another one bites the dust. Small Soldiers remix. Queen featuring Wycliffe Jean. <laughs> oh, number five doesn't age very well. Rock and Roll Part Two. Gary Glitter and Dutch. Uh, uh, Surrender no. by Cheap Trick. Um, and then the original War by Edwin Starr. But um, yeah, uh, Gary Glitter aside, strong... Uh... <laughs> Gary Glitter aside. <laughs> strong soundtrack. So if you've seen Small Soldiers and still want to watch a film, is there anything else you can think about? Yes. If you want to watch big people that aren't soldiers... 
um, in Scandinavia, Midsummer. Why not? I'm 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 struggling today to come up with a, a, a variation on the, the different reasons why you should watch Midsummer. So I'm just gonna say we've kept this bit up for over a hundred and hundred episodes. We're on episode one hundred and two now. The only reason I know that is because I've got a now a marker in the sand for a hundred episodes. After about another twenty of these, I'll completely forget where we are again. Um, but um, yeah, we've said it. You know the best part of well we've said it over, well over a hundred times, um, but we will continue to uh, recommend it, and you will continue to watch it because we say so. So I sent you <laughs> just sent you a picture on WhatsApp. Nice. Of this is someone on Etsy makes or made they unfortunately they've all sold out made custom midsummer action figures. That's incredible. And one of them is the Atishtupa person. Post hammer smashed face. <laughs> hammer smashed face. Yeah, it's number one of one. That's yeah, his, uh... it's uh, there's a the A twenty four shop did do a bear in a cage. Oh, there's a pre order. Must have sold out. I cage. nearly bought the incense thing. A bear in a cage. Oh, the incense yeah. thing is great. It's uh, the A twenty four shop's amazing. It's just annoyingly uh, expensive to ship. So fucking expensive. Maybe what we need to do. We need to sit down with a few beers and just let's say, look, we're going to do one big bulk order, right? Okay. We pay one lot of expensive postage split between us, but we get all the shit we want in one go. Interesting. Also, talking about one of one, did you see the whole thing with the Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering stuff? No. So there's a Lord of the Rings line of Magic the Gathering cards and... They released a one-of-one card. There's only one of them, obviously, and it was the One Ring, which is a holographic card with, and all of the like information yeah. about what the card does was written in Elvish, and it just went out. And a person found it like two, three weeks ago. There's a video of yeah. them opening it, and they're literally they're, like, sh- they're shaking, shaking, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, they sold it to Post Malone for like two million dollars. Fucking hell! <laughs> See, kids. Toys are okay. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell, that's wild. Um, anyway, without further ado, mm. uh, it's time to talk about our top three toys that should be turned into movies. And the first choice is mine. It's yours, you bastard. Uh, this choice is based uh, quite predominantly around a uh, proprietary proprietary gel substance. Right. Which is a great a great phrase. Flubber. Which uh it, it's not flubber. It's a bit flubbery. But uh um, Right, look, I it's I've not been to the gym in a little while. Right. <laughs> I get it. Uh, the fact that you've made that joke makes me feel like my gym tricks are paying off. So yeah, so this is based off of a toy based around a proprietary gel substance. Um in that it allows you to stretch things and then return to their normal size. So I am talking about the 1976 toy Stretch Armstrong. Did you have a Stretch Armstrong? I had a Stretch Armstrong. I, I had a Stretch Armstrong. Uh, you just pull it. You did. You pull it. Try to break it. You don't break it because that proprietary gel substance. You gave it a, what it's doing. a bit of a punch in. If a punch, you try to flat them out. I, I think if you put them in the fridge or, or freezer, I think that's then when the gel substance kind of... Uh, might have some problems but it's a weird toy it's an action figure that you just stretch that's really really it like that's all you did 
Toilet kids are, at least were, easy. Easy to keep busy. <laughs> Here's a toy, pull its arm. But there have been several attempts at making a Stretch Armstrong movie. In 1994, Disney and Tim Allen uh, wanted to do a version where Stretch Armstrong was a single dad and scientist who was stretched too thin. <laughs> Why is, I feel like Tim Allen was always like some kind of single. Do you think his home life was okay? Oh, actually, it needed some improvement. Hey! Ah! Oh, classic American sitcom humour for this very British movie and TV podcast. It was weird. Quite Home good. Improvement was a weird sitcom. It was, and it, I, it hasn't... Did it ever really travel over here? It definitely was on, like, Channel 4 or something. So, after, after this, uh, Danny DeVito was attached to the same concept. Okay. Um, and in 2008... Nicholas, the guy who co-wrote the Muppet Stoller, um, and I think Taylor Lautner. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing uh, Taylor Lautner attached. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to make a film that was then later rewritten by the dude who directed Ace Ventura Two. Then in 2014, Universal hired the guy who wrote the Manchurian Candidate to write a serious version of it. <laughs> who the fuck would watch a serious Stretch Armstrong movie? <sighs> I don't even know how you... Because, like, the serious Barbie movie, there's obvious, like, undertones and things that you can... Like, the guy just, like, he stretches. He's not... There's there's, there's nothing else to him, is there? A serious Stretch Armstrong would be, like, that Disney Tim Allen idea of it being stretched too thin. Like, that's it? Yeah. He doesn't get stretching powers. Yeah. He looks a bit like... um, I'm trying to work out who... Who this wrestler is? He's a bit Hogany. Yeah, he's a bit like um, Mr. Perfect. Ha! He really does. Right. Stretch Armstrong is a hundred percent just Mr. Perfect. <laughs> a stretchy Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Which was my nick. No. But the thing is, as well, like you couldn't even have like a like a marvelly kind of like quote unquote serious movie where he was like a superhero or something because he'd just be a shit superhero I so he's I, so, Mr. Fantastic but without any of the Fantastic Four stuff he's Mr. Fantastic meets Duke Nukem yeah meets Mr. Perfect Basically. yeah Duke Nukem is another I would love a Duke Nukem movie I there is a way to do a very good Duke Nukem movie but I I think you would you might have to like last action hero it maybe like, it might need to be that Duke Nukem enters into the real world kind of thing. Yeah, you could do it that way. What was the... Was it Duke Nukem Forever, the one that took ages to come out? Yeah, 2011. Did you ever play that? That was brilliant. It was like the... F- oh! It was in development hell for, like, ages. Duke Nukem Forever was awful. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, it was, it was I- awful, but it was... So much fun. I mean, we we were we are were a hundred percent the target audience for it when it came out. <laughs> this is very true. But given that game was in production for I think like the better part of fifteen years. Oh, it's the it it's, it's the Chinese democracy of uh, of um, of video games, which is a Guns and Roses comment. It is a Guns and Roses comment. There we go. There I think we go. brought it up in the maybe the first podcast we spoke about Chinese democracy. I think we did because it was we we talked about soundtracks, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. The soundtrack to Chinese Democracy. <laughs> so, a serious Stretch Armstrong movie would not work. So, 
the way that I see this, and actually, before I talk about that, just there has been an animated TV series of Stretch Armstrong, which followed a group of quote unquote stretchable heroes. <laughs> But we're talking about that need to be turned into movies. Yeah. So I feel like I'm still safe. For me, the comparison of it would have to be something like Deadpool. Yeah. Because he's a he's a stretch he 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 has to be like a superhero. It has to be Stretch Armstrong is fighting crime. But the way to make it work is he knows he's shit. Yeah. Because he can't even stretch that far. Like, he's just a dude whose power is he can kind of stretch his arms. But also, do you remember how slow it used to take them to come exactly, back yeah. in as well? Yeah, so he wouldn't even, like, he would have to do that and then just, like, hang out a bit. Because until... <laughs> you'd obviously have, you'd have a very um, competent sidekick who is just, like, a fucking spy. Like, like the Black Widow kind of character. Yeah. Who just, like, it's like, are you... You're right. You're right. Stretch. He's just sitting there. Yep. Just need to. Just need to return to size. But I'm trying to think who I would want in it. John Cena. It has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, there's no other. There is no other person. It's John Cena to this role. It. It's John Cena. Yeah. It's John Cena who one kind of looks like Stretch Armstrong anyway. Two is, and we talked about this a lot, but I'll talk about it fucking again. John Cena is fucking funny. Oh, he really is. Like I have so much. He is on a short list of people who like. I was about to say something that was not funny then. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like it's like a knock on wood. I've got a wooden desk. I could say it. Um, sometimes, sometimes I wish I was dying, just so I could go to the Make a Wish Foundation as a thirty-three-year-old man and say I want to meet John Cena. <laughs> I'm not John Wood. We're okay. We're okay. We're fine. That's a fine comment to make. You can't. Uh, you absolutely. Like, I'm just telling you now. Fuck you if you die. All right. Oh yeah. Like this fuck would you. be. Like. <laughs> I'm playing with fire. Absolutely. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but the. I've, I've written your wedding speech. I've not written the <laughs> eulogy, and I'm not going. I'd have to just repurpose your wedding speech. <laughs> I. I mean, I'd, I'd appreciate it. It'll go down well. <laughs> Don't all the bridesmaids. Uh, we'll, beautiful. <laughs> We'll, we'll play that audio <laughs> and then just straight into we're get, yeah straight into the wedding speech but like John Cena is top of like a very short list of like people that I really really want to meet because he just seems like such like a cool guy weirdly the other one is also like Dave Batista's on that list as well because I'd love to kind of talk to him yeah out of principle Chitty from The Good Place just because I feel like I owe him an apology <laughs> For constantly referring to him as Trudy from the Good Place, so it would be a very fourth wall breaking meta superhero movie of a superhero who deep down knows he's awful. You'd also then get the added nostalgia of everyone. I think everyone must have had a Stretch Armstrong. It feels like one of those ubiquitous kind of nineties toys, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, like nobody remembers being given one; they just always had one. Yeah. Do you remember the um the like clamshell toys that were I can't remember what the boys one was called so you had Polly Pocket for the girls and it was like was it something uh, like it wasn't Mad Mighty Max. Max it was Mighty, Mighty Max. Max yeah did you have I had the skull one and it was like a skull cave thing and yeah that, I, think that's, we, I think we did that's another like really 
like nineties nineties uh, kids toy. Yeah, classic, classic. That's your next choice. My next choice. Oh, oh, my first choice here because I haven't made one yet. First choice. Sorry, the next <laughs> choice. The next choice. My first choice. Um, okay, so I'm going to read out some um, some uh, descriptive features of. <laughs> this toy and stop <laughs> oh god I'm so immature stop me when you uh, stop me when you know the answer to what this is um, <laughs> so it <laughs> oh dear um, so it um Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, Compose yourself, Graham. Right. Incredibly lifelike look and feel. (laughs) Designed for experienced players. Uh... It has a, an 11 inch circumference. <laughs> uh, it weighs 1.63 kilograms. Sorry, that stopped being funny now. What? <laughs> Is it it's, uh, a f- massive Beyblade? <laughs> no, it's not, no. Okay, um, okay. It's firm yet flexible. Um, Flubber! Huh? Flubber! It's Flubber again! <laughs> it's Flubber! Um, <laughs> Thick rounded shape for extreme fisting touch. Life like insertable fisting arm. <laughs> Enclosed fist position. Long forearm for deep penetration. <laughs> Have you got it yet? Man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> correct. Is it, is it a dildo, Graham? <laughs> it's The Fist by Doc Johnson. Um, uh, oh, God. It's, it's just taken 102 <laughs> episodes. But there was a very real moment there where I didn't think we could carry on. <laughs> oh, I lost it. I did lose we're it. In our, we're in our 30s, Graham. You have a child. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <sighs> so the fist. So the fist. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, Ian. I've not got much further than thinking that <laughs> having a sex toy as one of the toys would be quite funny. <laughs> uh, so let's workshop, Ian. Let's workshop a movie about a massive, oh. a massive fist dildo. <laughs> I'm thinking like, um, oh. like, 
idle hands or something along those lines. Um, like a like. It's, it's it's not very idle from the description. <laughs> it is. It actually, um, sounds very active. Yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> so, do you want to hear the description from the uh, Doc Johnson website? Graham, let's be real. We're not going to make it through. It. We're not going to make it through that description. We're going to have another moment where I am, I, I am in tears. You are in tears. Right. I'm going to <laughs> Much do Much like you are after um, using the fist. Make your fisting fantasy a reality. The 14-inch fist from Doc Johnson is a replica of a man's arm with a tapered clenched fist and a full-length forearm. The flexible fist is suitable for both anal and vaginal play. It's made from PVC, from, from non-something body-safe material, available in whites. I'm just Googling horror movies based on sex toys. Well, so this is it, right? It's going to be a... Um, it's going to be a B-movie horror. Some kind of possessed... Possessed fist. Cause, yeah, because we, we did have... Um... Uh, that Amity uh, Amityville vibrator, for want of a better word, popped up a couple of uh, episodes ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It has. It has. It has to be okay. Like right. So this is what's happening. So it turned beginning of the movie. The guy who is an intern at Doc Johnson, who it just turns out that they they used his arm for the molding of the fist. Yeah. Okay. He never saw a penny of the profits, right? You know, I, I can only assume thousands of people around America are using um, this this poor intern's fist for their pleasure, and he's not seen a cent. So he um, he tragically dies years later, um, but his spirit haunts every fist that has ever been sold as an act of retribution. Um, against the uh, the the maker, and um, probably not Doc Johnson because they're an actual brand, and that might be uh, that might be uh, slightly tricky um, to get past the uh, to get past the um, the producers and, and uh, relevant people in Hollywood. Um, yeah, because that's the bit that's going to be tricky. But um, <laughs> so yeah, he comes back. He possesses all of them. Uh, everyone that's using them gets wiped out, killed in hilarious, gruesome ways comes back on the company um and then i don't know some kind of showdown with the owner in the warehouse where like hundreds of these fists are like flying at him in like a matrix style you know the burly brawl but with massive fist dildos yeah so you would have the there would be a moment where the fist like uncurls yeah <laughs> yeah grabs him around the neck and it ends with it flipping the bird ends with it flipping the bird and probably like just full-on penetrating him right through Think of like uh, a skewer going through a chicken. We could combine this with Stretch Armstrong. (laughs) (laughs) And then obviously this leads us to uh, the fist to the shocker. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's um, weirdly, that's the only way to do this. It is, yeah. Is, uh, yeah, B movie, horror movie with. Well, Eric Roberts will be in it because he's in fucking every B movie film. Eric um, Roberts would be the the evil like porn baron that's uh, yeah yeah, and then like a um, middlingly successful British comedian. Oh, like the Chowdhury. kind of person who you would kind of recognise from a sitcom, but you aren't sure where from. Kind of thing. Okay, maybe not Asim Chowdhury then. He's a bit he's a bit bigger. Than he's that. at the MCU now. 
Is he? Yeah, voices the walrus in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Ah, that's pretty cool. I'm slightly sad that sad that your buddy G didn't make it to the MCU. But... Uh, there's still time. There was always time. Uh, just out of interest. Um, well, out of interest. Uh, you might be interested. I just looked up uh, whilst I was on the uh, Doc Johnson website. I was just looking at what <laughs> some of their brands were called. They have uh, Balls Deep, Goodhead, Man Squeeze. These all sound like, a lot of these sound like like 90s boy bands. <laughs> this one doesn't. Signature Cox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Vacu-Lock? I don't even know what that is. I went another route and saw that they were selling uh, Doc Johnson's The Fist on Amazon. Yeah. And it comes with, buy it with, uh, Butter Fisting Cream. <laughs> Which makes sense. Uh, question: Are you in? in are you in products? Re- products related to this item: uh, a pack of three Stringer gym tank tops. <laughs> are you in uh, incognito mode, or is your Amazon suggestions? Oh, I, I am. I, I'm. Yeah, we're, I'm going to get some very interesting. Uh, also, also products related to this uh, item: fiber gummies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, fucking hell. And, oh my god. Right, I'm going to have to take a photo of this so that people know this is real. Um, products related to this uh, out <laughs> item. A Brian Cox size cutout. <laughs> Sorry, a Brian Cox mini size cutout. Mini sized cutout. Mini size cutout. So the so- implication there is that someone is attaching <laughs> the fist to... A, a cardboard cutout of Brian Cox. Um, but, uh, astronomer Brian Cox, not succession Brian Cox. But also a mini-sized one, therefore meaning that perhaps their strange uh, fetish is a, a... And look, no kink shaming here. If, you, if, you, if you're into mini Brian Cox with a massive rubber fist, you do you. But it, it, I'm just... the You know, the, the, uh, the ratios, they're... Uh, <laughs> They're giving me a... I'm confused, Ian. Uh, Delivery at no additional cost. Uh, I'll go across the uh, nine things here. Lube, 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 (laughs) underwear, women's leather gloves, a gym tank top, a mongoose rise uh, 110 expert youth and adult freestyle stunt scooter. (laughs) Lube. (laughs) And a douche. (laughs) What's Boris Johnson doing on there? Hey, uh, um, yeah, like that, to to bring us vaguely back to topic. Um, there have been horror movies based on weirder things. I've seen horror movies based on a haunted pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. So, being based on the fist, hundred percent could work. It could work, yeah. I I don't think we'd ever be able to pitch it because it turns out I can't even read a few of the features to you without turning into uh, a. I, I was crying with laughter. I think it was probably more your reaction, but even so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, it was... Um, what What I do like is now that we've entered the world of uh, video previews, <laughs> that's made the job easier because I know exactly what's going to be the preview there. Might not even have the build-up, just us in tears. I think, I think, that's, I think that's good. That's, that's effective Cause, marketing. Cause, because also, I know the other two choices you've picked. Yeah. And it was like, right, okay, let's see where this is. I wonder which one this is. First statement. Right. I know what this one is. 
so yeah that's i mean that's it it was i think actually considering it was just um me thinking it would be funny to pick a sex toy for this i think it's turned out into quite a good uh good pitch for a b movie so you know catch us at fright fest 2026 at the very least great content mm. my next choice also a horror movie also long but less <laughs> sex toy so my choice is this is an interesting one because I think we have definitely talked about this before. So these are these evolved from Furbies. Right, yeah. So Furbies, uh, they were created in 1998. They're a hamster owl. Okay. Which I think seems to be the only way to describe it. Um, they sold 40 million uh, units in the first three years. That's mad. Do you have a Furby? I had a Furby. I didn't have a Furby. Did I knew people who had Furbies. I think my parents were uh, realising it would just be fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm fairly sure I burnt a Furby once. Alright. <laughs> which is a weird thing to say. Yeah, I think you might be on some kind of list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like Furbies are fucking mental. And from what I could tell, there hasn't been a Furby movie. Which, like, you would have, I would have thought there'd be something out there. Yeah, especially because they talk in, is it, I'm assuming, complete guess here, like Furbish or something, that's just like the gobbledygook, which could, even if you didn't go to a full movie, you could, like, that's the kind of shit you could put in front of toddlers. It is, it is Furbish. Excellent. (laughs) Oh, so there was, there was a made-for-TV movie called Furby Island which has 130 votes on IMDb for a grand score of 2.6. So that's all there really seems to be for Furby TV content. Um, Was there a Furby TV show? There was not a Furby TV show. So the closest I can think of, actually, is the Furbies played a big part in a great scene in the Mitchells vs. the Machines. Ah, yes. Where there is a giant Furby and then an attack of little Furbies. So my choice isn't a fur- the Furby movie. Right. My choice is based off of something which originated on Tumblr from, I think, 2018. And that is The Long Furby. Yeah. So The Long Furbies are... Custom people who have customized Furbies and turned them into like just fucking weirdness. So I remember we got weirdly obsessed with sending each other screenshots of mm-hmm. Etsy pages sending them. But like long Furbies, the original ones were like long, like long snake like things where you had the Furby at the top and they just elongated the body to as long as it could kind of go but there were ones like that that then had spider legs and there was one which was like clearly just like a massive fucking beanbag covered in fur with a little Furby face at the top of it and they are really fucking creepy. Yeah there is they do have um there's something about them that's just quite unnerving isn't it? Yeah like a couple of the spider ones especially were like getting to too much. There's a few that look a bit like the um the caterpillar in um Labyrinth. Yes, yes, there are. Like I think when they started, some of them kind of looked like I don't think the idea was to make them like eldritch horrors, but that definitely seems to be where it fucking turned out. Yeah. But there's like yeah, there is something like 
weirdly, like you said, weirdly unnerving where you watch it. It's like, okay, I get what you're trying to do, but also this is 100% haunted and 100% like the coming of something awful. Like this has opened a, a, a portal somewhere and nightmares are going to pass through it. Yeah. Just to, just to talk about a crossover from earlier, I've just found a Ouija uh, long Furby, which I will... Uh, really? Yeah. Let's uh, send that to you, just so you can feast your eyes upon. Jesus fucking Christ. I, uh, that was fun. I did Google it, and then you sent me it, and it was like, I wonder if there's two. Nope, the one I found. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, well, that's the main fucking character of the thing sorted, then. <laughs> the Ouija Long Furby. But there's 100% a horror movie to it. Yeah. Just like just like these Furbies just random, like, someone buys one on fucking Etsy for their, like, granddaughter or son or whatever. And it just keeps, like, like a bit of, like, um, uh, a bit of Willy's Wonderland to it, I think. I'm, I'm getting more, um, uh... Puppet Master vibes. Also that, yeah. Kind of, like, it would just, like... It's... There's something there. There is. And uh, do you know how this could all um, originate? Uh, I'm just sending you a link to the Furbonomicon. Oh, my fucking Christ. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's it then. (laughs) Somebody buys the Furbonomicon and summons all of these long Furbies into what is obviously going to be... A cabin in the woods. Yeah. So this long Furbies rise, <laughs> where these fucking serpent Furbies and spider Furbies and grizzly Furbies and whatever you want descend on uh, this family staying in the woods, and I just think it would it really fucking lends itself to it, especially because it's just the Furby face and all of these horrifying things that are doing some fucked up low-budget, gory stuff are going to be speaking in Furbish. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I don't like it. I like it it a lot. I like it. Yeah, it would work. Like, we won't... um, John Cena can be in this as well if he wants. Like, don't get me wrong. But again, I think, like, low-budget, generally you're going a a little bit more unknown or someone, like, massively out of their... Like, out of norm, right? So, I don't know, Matt Berry? Should we get Matt Berry in the long Furby movie? Yeah, but I'd like Matt Berry doing Furbish. So Matt Berry will voice the Furbies. Yeah, Matt Berry will voice Furbies. Or at least, like, the, the, the elder Furby. He'll voice the one whose voice you hear from beyond the portal that all the other long Furbies are trying to summon. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, making what I would say is a, um, a triumphant return to cinema, because I've not seen him in anything in a very long time and it looks like he hasn't been in anything since at least 2020 uh clive owen oh that's a good shout yeah all right fuck it let's get clive owen in clive owen yeah and he's married to um i don't know i was gonna say uh olivia coleman but i think maybe she this would be above olivia coleman <laughs> below you olivia coleman sorry <laughs> this would be above this is olivia too good coleman. for olivia coleman we could get Right, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm scratching off Clive Owen, and going out of character and and a real life married couple. Okay, I'm saying this is the horror debut of Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally. Okay, yeah, I'm alright with that. So it's them, possibly even fucking full, massive talenting it and playing themselves on holiday in a cabin that Nick has built with his bare hands. Yeah, and they find 
they find the Furbonomicon there, and then all all long Furby hell breaks loose. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Nice, nice. I'm also a hundred percent going to be putting this through an AI image generator at some point. <laughs> Eldritch horror Furby. And on that note, Graham. And on that note, your next choice. My next choice. Okay, no losing it in this one. I promise. Um, so I'm going to go another classic 1990s toy, um, which I think everything we've done so far is completely showing our age. So this was a massive fad in the uh, late 90s. It came out, I think, in 96 in Japan. It landed in the States in 97. As of March 2021, over 83 million units have been sold worldwide. I'm, of course, talking about the uh tamagotchi nice the tamagotchi movie so did you did you have a tamagotchi i did have a tamagotchi i remember dragging my mum to toys r us um you know the one that's opposite the tesco's in um hayes yes yeah which fun fact tesco's in hayes is where i did my work experience not tesco's in hayes sorry toys r us in hayes is where i did my work experience nice yeah it was when uh iToy on the PS2 had just come out and they had the iToy and like the thing in Toys R Us. Oh, fucking the iToy. And for two weeks, all I did was play iToy basically. And the other thing, nice. that, there was like three other kids that were doing work experience at the same time. And uh, one, I can't remember who did it, but someone stole a pack of the security tags. So the game for the two weeks was to like put them in like someone like take a security tag off and like hide it in some, someone's bag or in their shoe or something so when they left the store they'd set off the security tags nice that was fun but yeah so i i uh, i remember kind of it, and this was obviously in the days pre-internet so you couldn't find out who was stocking things and stuff i remember just like we must have been like three or four weekends like going to toys r us and being there for when it opened just if they had stock of tamagotchis in and i eventually got one so but for, for most, everyone knows what Tamagotchi is, right? It's a little thing that lives in your pocket. There's a few buttons on it. you got to feed it, keep it alive, play with it, keep it happy. And I think there was this whole thing, right? Because I seem to remember there were like, you know, like the puff pieces on the news when Tamagotchis were all the rage and there were like people, because obviously when kids went back to school, like Tamagotchis were banned in school, but the whole point of Tamagotchi is you had to deal with it all the time. So like, parents were having to like take them to work and look after them and so um there is a <laughs> is there like nurseries and shit that popped up like people could like there's a there's a criticism and controversy section of the tamagotchi wikipedia page <laughs> um generation one and two tamagotchis could die in less than half a day <laughs> so yeah people would have to they would bring them to school yeah so my thoughts for tamagotchi the movie is that we basically start off... So, there has been a Japanese animated Tamagotchi movie. Yeah. But, I am saying we are talking about, like, live-action adaptations of toys. Yeah, and also, like, I mean, there's been, like, shitloads of animated Barbie movies, right? Oh, uh, exactly. Like, I'm, I, we're, we're specifically, I think, talking that kind of, you know, live-action adaptations. Yeah. So I think I think it's, it passes the test, Graham. Passes passes the I just test. don't want someone someone's fucking sending us a. Cause I'm still going to call them tweets. They are tweets. Someone sending because someone sending us fuck you, yeah, Elon. fuck X. Such a stupid fucking name. Um, but someone sending us a tweet saying, "Oh, actually, there is a film called the Tamagotchi movie," and then we'd have to get um, 
I know, our lawyer's involved. Yeah, and, you know, they're busy with all the bird law. Uh, so my, my idea here, so this is like Ken Loach does Tamagotchi. <laughs> so... I Tamagotchi. <laughs> we start off with the Tamagotchi. It's loving life. It's being fed. It's poops are being cleaned up. It's being played with. And then we get to a point in the movie and everything just kind of goes dark right it's like it's been put into the pocket it's been forgotten and the whole kind of middle act second act of the movie is the tamagotchi coming to terms with what it really is and like the banality of its existence and how it is totally reliant upon someone else and how actually maybe it isn't even a living thing so it's kind of like um yeah, it's pretty dark and depressing. So it's it's the Matrix if they stayed batteries. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Either I think there's I think there's a happy ending, not like the one in the Fist movie, um, <laughs> but um, there's a happy ending because ultimately, like the offspring of the original owner of the Tamagotchi, like finds it in a loft or something and starts playing with it. And like the Tamagotchi's all happy again. It's like, oh, maybe the, maybe there is reason to live. And then the movie ends when it just starts going dark again. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> uh. Yeah, okay. That's a thing you've said. <laughs> Do you see the real world at all? Yeah, you'll see the real world it, it, because you can see the person, like the people interacting with it, it and stuff. Is it like that Black Mirror episode where, like, it's horror Alexa. Yeah, I'd say yeah, fairly similar. So the Tamagotchi, the Tamagotchi can like see out the screen, kind of thing. Yeah, they, it can see its kind of benevolent yeah. overlords, kind of thing. Okay. To so them, like you are, you are their god, kind of thing. And it's you know, it's a commentary on religion and the the you know ultimate pointlessness of of life as we know it via the medium of Tamagotchi. <laughs> Via the medium of Tamagotchi, yeah. I'm assuming that's what they always intended when they made it. I, I, I imagine so. so, so same with the fist. <laughs> uh, I, I, have, I have cried myself into dehydration over the fist, for want of a better word. <laughs> um, who would you, for some reason, mm. I think J- Jenny Slate would be very good in a Tamagotchi movie. As the voice of the Tamagotchi, or...? It's the voice of the Tamagotchi. Yeah. I guess her voice is the closest to what you would imagine, like, 8-bit noise. Yeah, because she also yeah. just, like, opti- like it's very, like, op- optimistic in places. And, yeah. But I think she can also do the, oh, life is meaningless and I'm going to die here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the tagline. So, thus, thus far... Our movies are basically being starred uh, by Parks and Rec alumni. And John Cena. And John Cena. <laughs> he was in Parks... No, he was in Parks and Rec. Uh, yes, he was, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Every, everyone just just Parks and Rec alumni. Yeah. The uh, the fist tagline should be, it mostly comes at night. <laughs> yeah, all right. I like this. I like this a lot. No, the fist tagline could be something along the lines of, like, this movie's full of terror, dot, 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 a fistful, or something like that. That's not great. F- yeah. We'll we'll keep we'll uh, workshop, brainstorming. We'll workshop that one. Yeah, we'll workshop. Yeah. Blue sky thinking. Mm. Take it offline. Circle back. All of those things. Final choice. Final choice. So this is there's a couple of ways to do this film, but for me this is going to be like a a black comedy 
slash kind of vaguely heartwarming. And actually heartwarming. Not like that Tom Hanks film I watched the other day that involved him repeatedly trying to kill himself, which was not as advertised. <laughs> so this is based on a toy that came out in 1975. Okay. It was made by advertising exec Gary Dahl, sold over a million units at $4 each. His biggest expense was uh, cutting and manufacturing the boxes. So fair play to the man. So this is the short-lived 1970s craze of the pet rock. So the pet rock was a rock that came in a box with air holes and straw. It also came with a 32-page training manual, the care and training of your pet rock, which apparently said uh, various tricks you could teach it, though most pet rocks can only really sit or stay. (laughs) But they're very good at it. Which, fair... Oh, yeah. Like, fair play to the man. And also, about the same amount of tricks that my dog can do. (laughs) Very true. Bowie is basically a pet rock. Yeah. But the fad lasted four months, and he made four million dollars. I mean, fair play. Like, yeah, fair play to the man. A24 have released an official pet rock. Ah, from Everything Everywhere All At Once. As a, yeah, exactly, as a tie-in to Everything Everywhere All At Once. And in 2022, Elmo and his pet rock Rocco went viral online with loads of great videos of him and his pet rock, which I will add to our YouTube playlist that only I watch. But I think the way to approach this is playing it, like, deadly straight. Okay. So it's like... Someone has a pet rock and treats it as real, but it's just a fucking pet rock. And it's everyone around them coping with... You know, it's going to be like they have suffered a loss. Yeah. And it is their way of working through kind of, you know, all of this stuff that is happening is via this pet rock. And it is just the story of obviously kind of that told from the perspective of an inanimate object. The rock is just going to be a rock. It's not going to be voiced by, who do we have left? Amy Poehler. It is just a rock and i just think that could be really fucking funny <laughs> i do feel like, like i feel like the rock should be in it though ah uh, i don't know maybe maybe but i i just like the idea of there being like you would leave gaps for the rock to talk but it doesn't because it's a fucking rock yeah so like the person talking to the rock and you will cut to the rock that is just sitting there because it's a rock and then back to the other half of the conversation. Yeah, fair. Like, I, I just think there there is a very, like, sweet indie movie in it. And also... Yeah, I can, I, can, I can see that. And if it is successful, maybe we too can make $4 million by selling rocks to people as pets. This is very true, yeah. Father Jack and Father Ted had his pet brick, which... Was a thing. Do you know? Um, you know, you said he he sold them for four dollars a pop. Yep. Yeah. Do you know how much they were selling the uh, everything everywhere all at once ones? For? Uh because I know that website, I'm going to assume like sixty dollars. That wasn't quite that bad. Thirty five dollars. Fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, it's just wild. It's a very um. It's one of those things, though, isn't it? You just think, why the fuck did I not think of that? Exactly. It's it is insane. It's like ah, uh, I uh, like. But also, can you imagine like if you had 
1975. You've got people over for a fucking dinner party or something. And, you know, you're talking them through your idea. And the idea is, right, I'm going to buy rocks for about a cent each. Um, I know where to get straw. Um, and I'm going to sell rocks as pets. Like, you would be laughed out of your own house. You'd you just have to relocate. Be, yeah. And you'd have to relocate and buy a bigger house with the $4 million you make from selling rocks. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking mental. Like, the, the person I would have this in, have, have in this, if we're sticking with the Parks and Rec theme, like, a nice serious turn from Ben Schwartz, maybe? Yeah. Um, if we're going to how I actually want in it, it is... I can't even remember his fucking name, so I'm going to have to Google it. Time to Google. Uh, it is the guy who is in um, Brian and Charles. Oh, yeah. So I think it's uh, D- David Earl. I think he would be fucking perfect as it. Because also, that's the kind of film I think this would be. It's an oddball story. I also think it would be a very interesting look at uh, mental health and stuff like that. Via a rock. But not the rock. Not the rock. Maybe at one point we will do like how in Keanu he has a dream and Keanu the cat is voiced by Keanu Reeves. Like, maybe. Maybe I can allow that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel, I feel like he needs to. He needs to be there. Just He's... just have a, just have him walk in the background of some shots. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's just he's just there. Just just hanging out. Okay, so those were our choices. They were. Those were our choices. Some very uh, a range of choices, to put it lightly. Um. So first of all, we're going to talk about the top threes of our threes, and mm. then we're going to get into the point of the podcast and decide what the official, the podcast nobody asked for, top three is going to be. Um, out of mine, um, I think I am, and I'm going to phrase this very clearly, because I didn't want to say anything involving the phrase coming in at third or anything like that. Um, Stretch Armstrong at three. For yeah. me, I think. Um, I think there is a good film idea somewhere. Uh, like John Cena's um, shitty superhero. Number two, I think I'm going to go for my indie pet rock movie. Because uh, again, I think like it would be very Brian and Charlesy, And I just kind of really think that would work. And then number one, Long Furby's Rise. The full eldritch horror that is the Furbinomicon and Long Furries. And the top three of your three. Stretch arms from Pet Rock and Long Furbies sounds like the like the top three in the Grand National or something. Um, yeah, or it's uh, mock the week round. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh, this is this is weirdly tricky. Um third place, um I think we'll go with um I think we'll have to go with the fist. Um it's a great idea for a B-movie horror and um, one of the hardest choices I've had to get through because of how ridiculously funny it was. <laughs> hardest. <laughs> yeah. Siliconiest. Um, then second place, um, the Tamagotchi movie. I feel like... I feel perfect A24 fodder, the Tamagotchi movie. Like a meditation on life 
and the purpose of life and religion and all of the things in between but just told through like the the pixels of a tamagotchi um and um yeah your i've forgotten it jenny slate is a, is absolutely perfect i think and then number one it couldn't be anything other than um uncle and the big red dragon yeah i i like it i like it so the official the podcast i'll be asked for top three what are we feeling I am glad that, for want of a better word, we have ruled out the fist. <laughs> uh, for me, I think we're both pretty aligned on the dragon and the long furbies. Yeah, I would agree. So for me, it comes down to pet rocks or tamagotchis. Can we have a um, can we have a fist cameo in the long furby movie? Of course, we can. Thanks, man. Like like how um, Pixar will do Easter eggs of the next film they're going to release. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because if Long Furbies is successful, the next film will go for uh, the fist. <laughs> a fist. A fistful. Fists full. Fourteen inches in thirty-five millimeter. Ooh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if anyone wants to make us the poster for this. Um, <laughs> Take a long look at yourself and wonder why. Yeah. And a then long, rubbery look at yourself. And then send it to us, because that would be fucking amazing. And it would save me the time, because if I don't get this in the next couple of weeks, I'm probably going to do this myself. I have very little to do right yeah. now. <laughs> I would personally... I can more clearly see the Pet Rock movie, but also I really like the idea of Tamagotchis being a look at mortality. So I think it is a very... It's a lot closer a pick than it should be for... And we've also both taken two quite, like, cutesy toys and turned them yeah. into looks at grief and mortality because is... that's apparently who we are. Yeah. Yeah. We, decide, yeah. we decided to talk about toys and we have talked about dildos and grief. <laughs> like, let's just... Let's take a moment there, shall we? Yeah. <sighs> I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um... Yeah, I mean, look, I'm 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 okay. I'm kind of okay either way because I like the cast, both of them. Um, I feel like as well, there's um, there's such a there's such a crossover between because the, they're the Tamagotchi is kind of like the digital pet rock twenty five year twenty years later, right? So the pet rock is an analog. Well, no, I guess an analog Tamagotchi is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now I've said it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely like shared DNA in there somewhere. Yeah, and also you could have it could be a similar thing as well with the because the pet rock could just get tossed at the back of the cupboard and never, you know everything goes dark and you know it meditates on whether. Or yeah, because it. it would because the film the the pet rock film would end with him not needing the pet rock anymore. Yeah, so. The pet right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm feeling generous today, and we're gonna. We'll go with the pet rock, but it's gonna have a seek a follow up spiritual sequel, which will be the Tamagotchi. I like it. That'll be well, and also those films are so kind of weird. That is a bit Barbie Oppenheimery as well. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. I like it. I like it. So the we we've set up two movie franchises or movie series is here. Yeah. So we, we're going from Long Furbies into The Fist and Pet Rock into Tamagotchis. And Stretch Armstrong can be fisted at some point. 
Yeah, exactly. All moulded into a fist. All moulded into a fist. Like, you know, who knows? And who dares to dream? So, the podcast nobody asked for was top three toys that should be turned into movies. At number three, we have the Pet Rock. Number two, we have Long Furbies. And number one, we have Ian the Dragon. If you agree with our choices, if you disagree with our choices, if there are other toys that you think should be turned into movies, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. You can also find us uh, on Patreon, where you become a friend of the podcast, uh, at the podcast nobody asked for, where, fuck it, if enough people join up, we will do some kind of toy. Not a fist. Closer to closer to a pet rock if we're being real about it but yeah we will we will have if someone signs up to the highest tier i will make you uh, the podcast nobody asked for pet rock nice nice um if... oh and for and for, for podcast at live admin i'm looking into stickers excellent why not we know a guy we know a guy he listens to the pod he makes fantastic stickers maybe he can uh, steer us in the right direction steer us in the right direction um if you want to tweet us, and we're calling it Twitter and tweeting because, yeah, as as previously stated, if you'd like to tweet us, you can, you know, maybe want to complain about the uh, really immature and puerile nature of my first choice. Um, you can do at nobody asked for pod with the number four. You can find us at the same place on Facebook. Also, how weird is it that Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are going to fight each other in the Colosseum? Anyway, you can uh, find everything you need to know about us on um, the podcast nobodyasked4.co.uk. It has links to everything that you need, uh, links to things that you don't need, and some other wonderful bits and pieces. So go there. And wherever you are listening to this, if you can leave a review, please leave us a review. And in your review, I've said review too many times, but in your review... uh, put any future episode ideas you may have and we'll make sure we do our favourite ones Mm. so though that was a lot more sexual than I thought it would be (laughs) it is the first is that the first proper giggle fit? I think it might be you know like because I I haven't had that for a while like not being like again I was worried we would have to tap out and call it a day yeah it was it was a you know as as I'm sure it is with the fist itself it was a struggle to get through you have to end it there sorry that was too (laughs) for want of a better word too good a closer no one asked for this